0: Thank you, Kate, for being a part of my Job Tales podcast. And today's episode is going to be all about you and about your job. Um, You are a makeup artist uh, in the film industry, and that's how we met, actually. We met on the set of Flex sales, And um, I would like to ask you, what do you do as a makeup artist? What does your day look like?
1: Well, my general day starts very early. And we're generally the first people to get there because we have to get all the actors ready for whatever the shoot's going to film. So normally my day would start at like maybe four or five, if I'm lucky, at six. (laughs) And then we work our way through the makeup call, which could be anything from getting one actor ready to getting 10 actors ready. I don't really do crowd, so I generally do more like makeup for leads, which would be in a makeup truck. So you set up your stations and then make sure everybody looks the way they should look, help your team get through the call. Yeah, then you go to sit and stand by, do any changes, look after the actors, um, do all that kind of world. Or you end up back at a workshop or back at the truck and you prepare for whatever comes up next and you do fittings and you make builds and you create styles and wigs and makeup looks and generally like that. And then the end of the day, actors come back to you again and you clean them off from whatever you've stuck on them. And then you reset <laughs> everything to be ready again for the next day or change it to whatever it has to be.
0: So basically your day is pretty full. And you, so you said you're the first to appear and then you're among the last ones to, to leave? Yes. Yes. From Especially okay. if you do
1: something like a period production where you've got wicks and facial hair and prosthetics that either take a long time to put on or take a long time to take off and reset or so all these kind. Of, like if you do a contemporary show, maybe not so much, but if you do anything a bit more elaborate, then yes, you'll be
0: early and late. Right. So it's a makeup artist that also takes care of prosthetics. Is that, is that right? Sometimes. So we generally, if it's a
1: big show, you've got a prosthetic department separate and they will do all the bigger prosthetics. And if, depending on your team, you would still look after smaller prosthetics. It kind of, that depends on the designer. It depends what kind of designer you work for in the end. She chooses who does what. And then that gets distributed throughout the team.
0: What are your skills in order to do the job on, um, on a film production?
1: Yeah, and it kind of depends which world you work in. So I worked a lot in England. So in the UK, you do everything. So you do hair and makeup. Not so much prosthetics. Prosthetics then becomes a bit more elaborate. But you'd definitely be required to be skilled at cutting hair, styling hair. Maybe not so much coloring, but it would be the more you do of hair, the better, the easier it's going to be for you. And then makeup, which will be beauty makeup. Not so much fashion in my world, but probably like maybe some special effects makeup is definitely required. Breakdown makeup, character makeup aging, those kind of things quickly come into play. And then if you'd work in America, you'd only do one. So you'd only do hair or you do makeup.
0: Okay. So there's more, it's more specialized. Mm, they're separated for some reason. So when I'm thinking of makeup, a uh, makeup artist, um, of course, I've, I've seen you at work, I've seen you in action. Um, I, of course, don't know what you had to study um, in order to, to become one. So what is the path between the time that you are in you know, obligatory <laughs> studies uh, to when you become a makeup artist? Are there special schools or is it all about practice? How does it work? There are special schools. There's no like regulations, to
1: be honest. Like You could be <laughs> very talented and go, I'm going to be a makeup artist and somehow make your way, and that could be that. Uh, However, in my world, I trained, I'm a fully trained hairdresser. So I trained as a hairdresser in Switzerland for three years, a full-time apprenticeship. And then I went to London and I did a makeup school, which was a three-month school that covered all the kind of basics that you will need as a makeup artist. And from there, I became a trainee. And then I was a trainee for, must have been nearly three years. And then I learned everything else (laughs) and then slowly worked my way up. From there to an artist, to a key artist, and then to a
0: supervisor. So when you were a trainee, was it at a, at a film production or at a, at a hair salon? At a film production. So
1: when I, after I finished my makeup school in London, I contacted about a million makeup designers in the UK and tried to convince them to employ me. <laughs> and eventually one did. And then I was her trainee for a good two years, I think. And she kind of then taught me everything that you actually need to know. Because obviously you know how to do here, but you don't know how to do here on a film set and you don't know what a call sheet looks like and you don't know what the schedule means. So all those things is what you then need to learn. And how to work around difficult people sometimes and how the set etiquette works. Like there are a lot of nuances that you learn that you actually can't really learn from reading or from, you actually just have to do it.
0: What is one of the set etiquettes that you're
1: talking about? For example, not being in a way and being doing your job without being in the way of anybody else and knowing when it's important to do your job. You have to learn. You look like we watch what's being filmed. You have to learn what's important in that picture for you to say you have to go onto set and you have to change it. But if it's a huge fight sequence and everybody else is concentrating on a fight, is that hair that's moving really important. Like If you see inexperienced people, they'll just go in all the time. And hold up filming. The more experience you get, you go, you understand what's actually what you're actually going to see eventually, and what actually matters, and how much of
0: it is important. Because during shootings, it's really your call to go and do touch-ups.
1: Yes. So normally they rehearse, and then they call checks once. So you go in and do your your final checks, your makeup checks, and you set everything how you want it. And then they start moving. Obviously, it's a moving picture. So each time they cut if you have to you can go and change it again but obviously the more people that go on to set the more irritated the crew will get the more irritated the first lady will get the actress if it's a complicated scene don't want you to come in and touch their face every five minutes because that also irritate them so it's very much learning the right moments
0: is a very important thing and going back to the skills, if you if you're in Europe and you you can only do makeup or you can only do hair, will you get a job or do you re- really need to do both?
1: Yeah, well, especially at the moment, there's a lot of work around, and we have a lot of. I've just done a job, and we had probably about 22 makeup artists working with us, and some did only hair, some did only makeup. The people that did only hair, we try to teach makeup, um, obviously to a certain extent if they're interested like you do, you do learn on the job, the more you work, the easier it'll be if you do best. And I think automatically people, when I see people who only do hair and they come from a hairdressing background, they pretty much soon go, oh, I'm going to go and learn. and I'm going to do a course Or they watch you and they want to know what you're doing. Because otherwise you just kind of miss out a little bit.
0: What did you do to convince the makeup designer to hire you as a, as a trainee? <laughs> <laughs> I sent... I had a long
1: email that I sent to a lot of people, as I say, probably about 50. I probably got about three replies. And then out of the three replies, this one designer eventually agreed to meet me and we had a chat. And I ended up working for very little money, quite far away
0: from where I actually lived and worked very hard. How long would it take? I mean, in average, also with the people that you met in in the same department, um, how long would it take between you, um, let's say, I don't know, you're 15, 16 and you start your apprenticeship and um, how many years later can you say that you are ready to be independently hired?
1: I mean, if you do my route, obviously the apprenticeship takes three years. If you say you live in the UK, they don't even have that system. So there you could do like a basic NVQ as a hairdresser, learn a bit of haircutting which I think it only takes like half a year. And then you could do a makeup school. So you could probably become a trainee after a year and then work your way up. In my world, obviously, it took a bit longer. Like it took me three plus probably two years until I earned a proper amount of money. There are so many routes, it's really hard to say, well, this is exactly how long it's going to take. Like I've seen people who just kind of did art school. They've come from an art school background and then work their way into the makeup world. And they do great because they obviously have a beautiful eye for color and they don't have, they, they have that side already. So that's an entirely different way of getting into it. And then they slowly learn other things.
0: And when I think of productions that you've been on uh, what are some that we might know? I've just finished a TV series called The Wheel of Time, season two which is a
1: big Amazon TV show. And then, obviously, I did Black Sails here for quite a bit. I've done a lot of period dramas. I've done things like Nightfall, and I've done a really cool show about Picasso and Einstein, which was a National Geographic TV series. I've done a lot of TV, actually. Kind of ended up in TV. Did a bit of Game of Thrones, which everybody knows. I've done
0: a lot. (laughs) And, of course, period, period dramas, they can... Uh, you can actually specialize as well into that kind of, you know, hairstyling and and makeup. Not everybody may know how to do that, right? It's like an extra, a plus uh, for you to to get that job other than others, I would imagine.
1: Well, I guess that's where my background comes in again. So because I have been, I've trained as a full hairdresser, I could do like the finger waves and the Marcel waves, which for example is a 1920s, 30s kind of, skill that you need if you dress a wig or I've learned already how to do wet sets with all the old ladies that used to come to me because that was part of my training so when I became a makeup trainee dressing wigs was already a lot easier for me so very quickly without me actually doing anything I kind of was the person who was put onto the wigs and then I was recommended as the person who can dress the wigs and then that just kind of put me into that bracket without me doing much actually. Was just that was my skills. Whereas if I would have had an art background, I probably would have ended more in like, let's say like the fashion world or the makeup world, rather than I wouldn't be like specialised in wigs, which has kind of somehow seem to be right now. (laughs) If that makes sense. So it depends what your background is. I think that'll then automatically as you go, you just kind of end up in whatever area makes sense.
0: Yeah. Okay. And from the time where you sent out your resume, your CV, um, and then you became a trainee. Have you used your CV again did you have to apply for jobs or were you then called from job to job?
1: I've used it again. I was called from job to job for a while. And then this makeup designer that I work for at the moment mainly is from New Zealand, so she didn't know I was, never heard of me, but her supervisor recommended me, so she definitely wanted my CV at the time. And then also, when you do bigger productions, often production wants to see a CV to fix the designers to validate that they want to fly you out. So, like, they wouldn't fly somebody out, say, to New Zealand to do a job without experience. So, then you've got to send your CV and they check what you've actually done. And then they go, okay, and I will fly this person out or
0: not. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I see. What's the let's say the hardest uh, job you've had? Like, have you had some difficult times uh, in your job? And w- w- if so, what was it?
1: So this job I've just finished now was pretty hard. The last leg we filmed in the Western Sahara on a sand pit with high winds. <laughs> so let's say that week was very, very hard physically. And also, yeah, so things like that get hard, like filming in a sandstorm, but you're there for 12 hours. The toilets are far away. You have to walk over sand, like it's not in a studio. In a studio, it's easier physically. But then also, you know, like Black sales was hard work. You had two units at all times. We also had a team of probably about 20 makeup artists. So there's always some hard in every job. I don't think any of my jobs are ever easy.
0: When you are a makeup artist in the film industry, are you mainly independent or can you be employed by company. Independent. Independent. And so you, you're you the one who's looking for the next job. Yes. After that one is, is over. Yes. Mm. Which either,
1: some people have an agent. Again, country depending. So it's here in South Africa, South Africa where I'm at the moment. Most makeup artists I know actually have an agent and the agents recommend them for jobs. In the UK, once you're a supervisor, you might have an agent. Otherwise, it's word of mouth. Like you could recommend it, or you write. I guess you could write to designers if you were interested in a specific job.
0: Okay, so then you, you build up a busier portfolio of designers, and then over the years you can. Yeah, you know, either they call you or you call them. And say what's what's coming up next month or so.
1: Yeah, or you might tell your friends that you're free and you're looking for work. Like if I'd really want to have work, you would probably message. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> really- <laughs> you know, like you start messaging so- all your mates. Like, oh, what are you doing at the
0: moment? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Because now, now you told me that you've, yeah, you just finished uh, working and you're going to, for the next month, you're going to be taking some holidays and <laughs> stay, stay put in South Africa, <laughs> which is great. Uh, which I think it also be very, you know, attractive as a job because it gives you freedom and you know that you'll get a job eventually, but you can sort of set your pace if you want to have a break. Um, so I guess this could be very interesting for, for some people. Do you know already what's your next job? I
1: don't. I don't.
0: Okay. And you're not worried?
1: No, not anymore. I used to worry. like okay. Even until maybe, say, three or four years ago, when you finish a job, you it takes about two weeks, and then you go, oh, God, I'm never going to work again, and you start stressing out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've realized that oh, something generally comes up, and if you really do want to look for work, you do actually find work. It does mean often my world is it could be that I sit here and I go, okay, I'm going to have two months off. And then somebody messaged me and they go, okay, but uh, do you want to do this job? But you got to travel in two days and the job's going to be six months in somewhere. So that's a big side of my life. Like, yes, you get the free time whenever you want it, but you also, if somebody offers you work, you're most likely going to take it and it could change all your plans. So like often If people ask me, what are you going to do in September? It'd be very difficult for me to go, yes, I'll be there because I actually don't know.
0: Yeah. What kind of soft skills do you need to have, um, you know, personality traits that would be best for a job like yours? you have to probably be the calmer you are, the better, but still quite
1: confident. Like we deal with a lot of, it's it's a very male orientated world, I think, the film world. So you definitely have to have a certain amount of confidence to be able to do your job and to get what you need. Probably also have to have a bit of a tough skin because it's not always lovely and people get very tired. We work such long hours that you, you have to be able to deal with tiredness and maybe not take somebody else's tiredness on and deal with maybe somebody not being that nice, including actress, they can not always nice. They're not always easy.
0: People skills right, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is there any lesson you've learned in the past that has helped you over the years? probably to stay calm, stay calm and not take everything too serious at all times I remember from from the days of black sales when you are it, it is quite a stressful environment and and so staying calm maybe for people who don't know what a, what a film job is about, it could sound like a normal day at work but it's actually true sort of like you need to multiply by 10 probably and so i think it's a very good advice but it has to be given you know yes we given with a certain uh importance this advice because it is it can be very stressful and so the the calmer you keep the the better
1: yeah i mean you they can be a million things can come at you in five minutes like you could have a WhatsApp group with five people messaging at the same time your actor wants to ask you something at the same time the AD is talking you've got a radio in your head and then at the same time the designer might tell you something so you end up in very stressful situations and if you don't kind of just at least pretend to be calm to be honest that sometimes you just pretend to be calm <laughs> <laughs> yes just, actually quite often you just oh, you yeah, know I'm good
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> And you obviously kn- knew that you wanted to be a makeup artist since since your earlier age. Is there, uh, If you go, go back in time, would you do this, exactly this, or would you do something different?
1: I probably would do this. I love my job. I love my, I always wanted a job that I could travel with and I didn't really like hairdressing. Like I started hairdressing and then realized quickly that it wasn't creative enough for me. So this or jewelry design. Between
0: two Oh, yeah? <laughs> <Yes>. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> has to do with art, anyways. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't quite um, imagine
1: an office job. I don't think that would suit me too much.
0: So, the industry where you're, where you're working is really attractive to many many people and, um, it's, uh, it sounds glamorous. It is probably very glamorous and it's very, um, creative. It's exciting. Um, it's a big industry. Um, it, of course it, it, over the years it has become more and more difficult to be part of this, you know, relatively closed community. what well, what do you, um, suggest some young people, you know, young men or young, uh, women to, to do in order to get, to land a job? in that, uh, in your field, in the film industry?
1: I suggest to, as I say, either like learn as much as you can about hair and then maybe do a makeup school or just do the makeup school. I think the makeup school is a good start because at least you meet industry-based people. Like I wouldn't, I don't know how I would have managed to get to where I'm right now if I wouldn't have done a makeup school. Obviously it depends where you live in the world. It's probably easier for somebody in Europe to go to London and quickly do a three month course than it would be for somebody living in Japan. Like, there must be different routes for depending where you come from. But generally, and then it's you try, I mean, maybe at the beginning you do some unpaid work. Like, I did unpaid work at the beginning for events, Which, but it was also through somebody I'd met at school. So, like, there's no such thing as a directory. Like, there's no such thing as emails that you can find. I mean, you can try and email designers, but it's very hard to find actual contact numbers. Like you could try and get the email address of a designer from an agent, but most likely they don't reply because they get so many emails. So really it is at the beginning to just try and become a trainee, do some free work if you have to, or then work really hard and just make yourself stand out. And working hard, this can be things like It's actually at the beginning, it's more just being aware of what's happening around you, like watching what's... If you're following a makeup artist to see what she needs to give that person whatever they need before they know what they need, because that's how you're going to stand out immediately and they (laughs) go, oh, you're a good trainee. I want you back. So at the beginning, it's not actually so much if you can't cut hair, but you're a really, really good trainee by watching what's happening around you and by always helping the team then you're probably going to get further like you can still learn to cut hair later if you're enthusiastic and if you're excited and if you could concentrate and you can all those things count actually as just as much you know if you've got a trainee that she might not know that much yet but she's unbelievably helpful then you will in return teach the trainee would you know so you know like I, I spend a lot of time teaching people how to dress wigs if they're interested and if they work hard and do all the other things
0: so there's time for that. Awesome. Um, what's next for you? Um, well, you, I guess you're going to keep working as a hair and makeup artist, right? For the yes. film industry. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is, um, uh, that is very nice. And, um, I really, I really wish you all the best for your next job and your next uh, thousand jobs. I also find it very interesting that it's not always the same job. Like when you work in a company, you know you're going to the same office or maybe you do some travels, but it's the same company, it's the same product, it's the same. But um, in the film industry, it's always different story, it's different production, that's different crew. You meet a lot of people. So for I guess also for people who are really much into others and into making friends and, and meeting lots of different crowds around the world it's really a fantastic opportunity
1: yeah that's a lot of fun I mean you you end up spending three months I don't know in the desert in Morocco and you meet people that you'd normally never talk to so it's it's very yeah it's great it's It's
0: great great... (laughs) I do miss that
1: (laughs) (laughs) thanks a lot
0: thanks a lot Kate for for, uh, giving me this interview and um I will be in touch should anybody have some questions maybe it'd be great if uh, if if you want to answer uh, that'd be that'd be fantastic i'll let you know Absolutely okay absolutely all the best